Hi everyone, this is Kevin Smith and Brian Belter. Welcome back uh, to today's second Lenten service and to our conversational devotional on Exodus. Today we will be going into some well-worn territory with the burning bush, chapter 3 of Exodus. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire, out of the mist of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you, that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Go, and gather the elders of Israel together, and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, has appeared to me, saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt, and I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they will listen to your voice, and you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us, and now please let us go a three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty. But each woman shall ask of her neighbor, 
and any woman who lives in her house, for silver and gold, jewelry, and for clothing. You shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. The Burning Bush. I mean, that one everyone should be a little bit familiar with. Yeah, it's a classic. Um, Moses' first, uh, not face-to-face, but voice-to-voice interaction with uh, with God. I mean, the angel of the Lord appears in a burning bush, and Moses gets to look directly at it. And he has to take off his sandals because he's standing on holy ground. I mean, yeah, here we go again with these Old Testament stories that kind of make me a little jealous that we don't get to... Uh, well, experience that, this kind of thing sometimes. And that's what I was I was thinking. I mean, just the awe-inspiring nature of being to have like being able to have a very mortal-ish conversation between between yourself and God. And I mean, we one thing about the Bible is like it doesn't always do a great job of really transcribing like what the feelings might have been at that period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to kind of read into that yourself. I mean, but Moses had to be awestruck. Uh, just, I mean, first he sees this bush that's burning and not being consumed. And, you know, like any curious guy, he's like, what in the world is this? And just kind of goes over to investigate. Yeah, you got to go see what's going on. I mean, obviously, just out tending your flock and you see this this fire on the side of a mountain and you go up and, and look, and the bush is burning, but it's not being burned. So that's got to give him a clue that something miraculous and special is happening here. Yeah. But then he, there's that there's that voice that comes to him and confirms that, all right, I'm having an actual, literal interaction with God. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. There's... I don't know if I would have stayed or run at that point, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> it's always the... It's always the the thing that you get amazed with here, with a bunch of Old Testament stories, when people meet God or the angel of God, that they're not just so awestruck that they just poof, poof mm-hmm. vanish, disappear. I mean, that that's a very human instinct, I yeah. would think, to be in something in that presence of something that awesome to just to just run away. But again, <laughs> then we wouldn't have the the providence of God being fulfilled here if Moses would have just jetted and. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I assume, I assume God knew who he was choosing. Yeah, exactly. So get in on it's that. Like, and, well, I, I was going to go with Raul, but uh, I foresaw if I spoke to him, he'd book it. He'd run away. <laughs> <laughs> so good on this that Moses, uh, you know, he gets his first encounter here. And then we kind of uh, hear God say what his plans are initially to Moses and Moses kind of gives one of his kind of classic responses of, uh, well, uh, are you sure this, I'm the guy you want to go and do this? Uh, he, he specifically says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? I mean, he had to be thinking. It's like, look, man, the Egyptians hate me. The, I the Hebrews don't like me too much, the obviously. The Hebrews don't like me. They see me as kind of like a blood traitor. Yep. You know, like, who am I? And he, he has a good point at that at that part. Of course, God sees it differently. It's like, who are you? You're the person I specifically just told you was going to do this, so keep up. Yeah, God's <laughs> direct response to that, well, who am I to do this, is, but I will be with you. Yeah, okay, it's, sold. It's, it's <laughs> not you. It's me working through you. You know, if a burning if a burning bush with a voice 
said that I will be with you, I think I'd start trusting it a little bit and having a little more self-confidence because uh, something that amazing yeah. coming along with me to to come back to Egypt and talk to these Israelites, these Hebrews. It's interesting. I mean, self-doubt is a big thing for Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's... Which, I mean, I, I guess you could see that as humility, which is an admirable trait in many. But when it gets to the point of, like, self-doubt, when God himself is telling you... Directly. Directly, like, hey, do these things. Like, then it gets to be a little bit tiresome. It does. But it also shows that God can take the least of us and Absolutely. do amazing things. I, th- I mean, you know, if you if you take a a high and mighty person and make them do high and mighty things that doesn't that doesn't ring the same as if you take an outcast a person a man between peoples as we discussed mm-hmm. um earlier uh this week take this man that really doesn't have a place back in Egypt and tell him you're going back and you're going to lead him I don't think I can do that well yes you can because I'm going to be with you in it makes ways, for a little more of an amazing story I think in some ways it like leading back to Jesus, it kind of surprises me that the Israelites weren't more prepared for someone like Jesus. Yeah, they get these archetypes all throughout. Sorry to use a big word from you know that's a school word, Kevin. Archetype. <laughs> um, it, it's kind of a representation, uh, a, a theme of using these kind of people that they should recognize. David, the lowly shepherd boy. Moses, the leader of the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. Elijah. Yes, lowly people. Joseph was a slave. They they rise to prominence and do these wonderful things from lowly beginnings. And yet again, you know, we we see in the gospel that just because Jesus didn't fit that certain type of Messiah that they were looking for, that he was rejected. I mean, I guess maybe they were thinking it's like, look, like God chose from all the lowliest of us. Um, obviously Jesus was not, there were no, there were no foibles with him. Like he had no, nothing about him was faulty, Right. but he, you know, to some, certainly to the Philistines, he appeared weak. Like, you know, like he's, he was a little man. He's talking to the wrong people. Yep. He, he should be cozying up to us. Like we could help him so much. Like he should be bringing sword and shield against the Yeah. Why is he not the warrior king that we are, that deliver us from the. The persecution of the Romans, but um, yeah, I mean, again, this is this is another way Moses, you know, kind of shows us that God shows us through Moses the the type of um, providence that He has in choosing these people, these lowly people. Again, reflecting forward into the New Testament, uh, pointing forward to Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Again, I love it how we look this far back in the history of of the world, the history of the Jewish people, and it still all points directly to Christ. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you have the great lines in here when God tells Moses, I am who I am. It's like, <sighs> who, who should I tell the Israelites sent me? And he doesn't say, well, you, they're God or anything like that. He just says, tell them I it is I am who has sent me to you. It's, I mean, that's a, that's a really, I mean, that's, that's a powerful phrasing. It is a powerful way to express who God is, He is. Yeah, I mean that's the uniqueness of God. Our uh, God, the true God. Yeah, He is. I mean, it's not. 
it's not describe God for me. And you start rattling off like, oh, he's like 70 feet tall or like, or he sits on a throne of gold. It's like he just, he is. Like God is. Uh, so. And will be. Yeah. Forever. So we have Moses being told that he has to go do these things. And now. Now we're going to get, I guess we're going to get to see him go do these things. Yeah. I mean. We're moving right on into uh, tomorrow's lesson. We'll be talking about some of the powerful signs that God, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, uh, the the crazy, amazing, supernatural wonders that God works through Moses. Yeah, he uh, God tells Moses right off the bat here in the speech that he's supposed to deliver um, that these things will happen, but now we get to see how these things happen. So it's a... Uh, a little more, uh, a little more drawn out story than we've we've got here in the beginning of Moses is born, kills a guy, exiled, meets God in a burning bush. That all happens very quickly. Yeah. But now we're going to kind of see this, the big story unfold in Egypt when Moses returns. I'd like to welcome everybody to join us today at our Lenten service. Uh, we have one at eleven o'clock in the morning, and we have another at seven o'clock tonight. And don't forget, before the 7 o'clock service at 5.45, we do have that amazing Lenten meal for everyone. Absolutely. Join us for a a meal and uh, some fellowship with our Lenten service tonight. Uh, As usual, we also have our weekend services uh, every Saturday at 5 o'clock. Also Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. service, followed by a 9.15 to 10.15 hour long uh, Bible study, 10.30 service after that. And as we close today... We would like you to join us in a prayer, so please fold your hands, bow your heads, and pray with us. Lord, I can certainly see myself in Moses when it comes to defying you, finding ways to try and wiggle out of my obligations under under you as a follower of Christ. Please help to guide us the way you helped guide Moses toward his duty unto you. Help us to know to spread your word and fulfill our purpose here on earth as shepherds, trying to bring more to Christ, to know of his grace and his sacrifice. And as always, give Brian and I the courage and conviction to continue with our devotional here. And let us have good conversation and good content and Most of all, bring everything back around to you and the wonders that you and your son have done. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And just a reminder, all scripture readings and references do come from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Thank you. God bless.